Grace, mercy, and peace be to you from God our Father and from our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. Our gospel text for today from Mark chapter 7 is an interesting one and one that uh, needs a bit of explanation, but it's one that brings a lot for us to consider. So, uh, be doing that today a little bit here in the sermon where we see there's this very interesting connection. It's a connection that I don't know if we really pay attention to or if we really uh, embrace it as much as we ought to or acknowledge it as, acknowledge it as much as we should. We see that in Mark's gospel here, he records this event where Jesus uh, travels to, um, uh, he returns in the region of, of the Decapolis. And these people bring him a man who was deaf and had a speech impediment, but it's more than just a speech impediment. I think, no offense, I think I would know what a speech impediment is. <laughs> and y'all know what a speech impediment is by virtue of me. Uh, this is more than just a stutter or a stammer or a lisp or something like that. It is that he just can't say anything. He can kind of make noises, but he just can't say anything. And that's what happens with people who are deaf, that um, when they speak, it, 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 well, it, it depends on if they have been deaf since birth or if they went deaf later on in life, that they sort of heard what someone sounded like. But the thing is, is that it doesn't quite sound the way it should. And that's not to demean people who are deaf. That's just the reality of the situation. We learn how to speak because of what we hear, right? That when you speak to a child and you say, mama, dada, they say those things back to you the way that you say to them, right? And uh, being a father, I learned that very, very well. And, 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 you know, some of the things that I say come back very nicely from my daughter. Like when, when we get upset, we stub our toe or something like that, she's very quick to say, it's all right, it's all right, it's okay. But she didn't learn that just from the air. She learned that from us. Say, it's all right, it's okay, everything's okay, right? And so we speak based on what we hear. And this man was not just mute as its own cause, but he was mute because he couldn't hear at all. He did not hear correctly. He could not hear at all. Therefore, he could not speak rightly. And that connection I talked about between hearing and speaking is something we probably should take more account of in our own lives in a spiritual sense and in a very practical sense as well. Um, we can view this, this um, healing for ourselves where we see that Jesus comes to this man and he doesn't just do what the crowd asks him to do. They simply say, lay your hand on him. Uh, not quite sure if this is a Gentile crowd or not, but... We, we might as well expect that these people have heard about what Jesus has done. They know that he's a healer. They know that he can do these things. And so they want to see this take place. And so they try and tell Jesus, do this as we want you 
to do it. Now, to be charitable to these folks, they're just wanting it done. And I wouldn't imagine, it doesn't seem they care exactly how it's done, but they have their own ideas, right? How it should be done. And they say, lay your hand on him. And so what he does is he takes him aside. He gets him out of the crowd. He gets him one-on-one. -on -one, and he looks at the man. And as we discussed in Bible study this morning, there's a bit of, there's a bit of some ambiguity here in the text. But the general consensus is that whose ears he touches are the man's. That Jesus points to the man's ears and then spits with his mouth and, and, and spits. Some people think he spits on his fingers and then touches his tongue. I think it's a little too far. I think he's pointing to his tongue saying, and then pointing to the man's tongue saying, these are the things that I will heal, right? He has to communicate somehow to this man, and this man's attention is only on Jesus. So he has, he has the rapt attention of this man, and he says, and then he looks up, and he visibly sighs, and then he says, be opened. And what a miraculous thing that by the word of God, that man is healed. And the first thing that man hears is, be opened. And the first voice that he hears is not the clamoring voice of the crowd, but the voice of Jesus. And that is what we should focus on that within our lives, we should know that what we hear and what we say matters, right? It matters what we hear and what we say, especially when it comes to the things of God. Apart from, apart from God, apart from Christ and the gift of faith, we are just like this man at the beginning. We can't hear God's word. We don't know God and so we cannot speak rightly about him. And when it says that his tongue was released, it says he spoke plainly, but really the Greek says that he spoke rightly. He spoke correctly. And when you look at it in that way, as what it means to have faith in God, we are now given by the power of the Holy Spirit the gift of faith in baptism to hear God's word and to then thus speak rightly about him. We just did so with, with the uh, creed, and we spoke rightly according to God's word and what we have heard. And that's what we are called to do as Christians, to hear and then speak back what God has spoken to us. That's what it means to confess rightly. And yet, how often do we occupy our time with a bunch of, well, let's just be honest, a bunch of garbage, right? What do we hear day in and day out from either other people, the radio, the TV, whatever? Yes, I know, I'm railing against the TV again, so sue me. But with the TV, there are a lot of things that come through that you just say, wow, that's depressing. <laughs> I mean, I don't know if I've really, uh, it's, it's very rare that I have someone come to me and say, Pastor, I heard this wonderful thing on TV the other day. I usually have people saying, oh, did you hear about this? Have you heard about that? And that tone says, it's not very good, right? So the thing is, is that I'm not saying to necessarily stop watching TV altogether or stop listening to talk radio or whatever. 
The thing is, though, is that be mindful of what you do listen to. Be mindful of these things. Because there's an old saying, uh, garbage in, garbage out, right? Uh, I remember at a time when I would have had a discussion with some people and they were like, well, that's not quite the way it works. And the older I get, though, <laughs> and the more I have children, the more I realize, well, that's pretty right, right? Garbage in, garbage out. What goes in must come out in a certain sense, right? So listening to a bunch of nonsense, a lot of things that don't really build you up but seek to tear you down, those things, listening to them willingly, I would say, is a big deal, willingly listening to these things is detrimental, by and large. I mean, you may learn something about the world, you may learn something about what's going on in the world, but by and large, it's kind of depressing about what's going on in our world today, right? So pay attention to what's going on, but know that you can't listen to both the bad and the good at the same time. There's an opportunity cost here. If you're listening to a bunch of other things, you necessarily are not listening to the Word of God at that time. So it's important that we set aside time to read, mark, learn, and take to heart or to... to inwardly digests God's word. And we read things like Ephesians chapter 5, verses 3 through 4, where St. Paul reminds us, let me flip there real quick, Galatians, Ephesians. No, I had this problem last week with finding these things. Here we go. Ephesians chapter 5, <clears throat> verses 3 through 4, where he says, um, but, um, excuse me, but sexual, uh, but sexual immorality and all impurity or covetousness must not even be named among you as is proper among saints. Let there be no, let there be no filthiness nor foolish talk nor crude joking, which are out of place, but instead let there be thanksgiving, right? And he says elsewhere, to encourage one another with psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, building each other up. And yet, if we're listening to a bunch of stuff, <clears throat> excuse me, if we're listening to a bunch of stuff day in and day out that does nothing but tear down, more than we are reading God's word, speaking about God's word, doing as Deuteronomy uh, tells the believers to do, which is that you will think about these things. You will talk about these things on the way. You will bind them on your arm and upon your forehead and upon the doors of your house and put the word of God all over the place in your life in the sense that it is so ingrained in you, you can't help but speak about it. And yet, how often do we fall in this? How often do we fail? How often do we prove ourselves to be yearning to be deaf and mute to God's word? 
that we would turn a deaf ear to what God's word says about things, that we would instead spend our time, our precious time that God gives us in a whole bunch of other pursuits apart from God's word. So we are called as Christians to a higher standard. And I hold myself to the standard. I try and read my Bible every day. And I, but, you know, it seems like we are of this mindset of we are always so busy. There's always all these things to do. I just don't have time to pray. And Paul says, pray without ceasing. And we might instinctively look at that and say, how? That's impossible. But as Christ says, with God, all things are possible. There are ways to do this. It's not easy. It takes time. It takes effort. But God will give you strength in pursuing these things, pursuing his word, pursuing the godliness that he calls you to. He does not leave you alone to work these things out by yourself. He gives you the strength and the grace and the, <clears throat> the will to do these things. And although they may not be perfectly, let us not use that as an excuse to not do them at all. Let us strive. Let us, let us learn. Let us go forth and be hungry for God's word, be passionate for what he has to say, and let that light that has been given to you freely for the sake of Christ so shine for all people to see so that they may glorify your Father who is in heaven. Because in baptism, you are washed with the water and God's word. In Holy Communion, you are fed the body and blood of Christ. And in that sense, what goes in must come out. That what goes into your mouth is Christ. And what God desires the most is that for you, that what comes out of your mouth is Christ as well. That when you speak to other people, when you encourage people, when you talk to them, <clears throat> that you would be a light shining on the hill and not one who is deaf and mute, not knowing God's word and not speaking it to those who need to hear it. We do all these things, of course, by faith. And we do all these things for the sake of the one who first said to us, be opened. Listen to God's word. Hear what he says. Hear that the law, which has condemned you rightly, <coughs> excuse me, has not been abolished, but it has been fulfilled. It has been brought to completion in Christ, that in him you are made new. In him you are a new creature. And this sufficiency does not come from ourselves, but our sufficiency is from God. God has the one who has opened your ears. He has loosed your tongue. So now you can hear rightly and speak rightly what God has to say about you, about other people, that you may hear and discern what people need to hear about Jesus. So in faith, in God's grace, we are called to do more, to be more than just what we were once upon a time before Christ had saved us, before we had known what his word has to say. We are called to be children of God. 
And we sometimes, as children of God, have to deal with people who still don't hear rightly. That is a frustration. That is a cross to bear. That what we believe, teach, and confess, other people are willfully deaf toward. And in some sense, it's like dealing with the people that Jesus dealt with at the end of this story, where he charged them to tell no one about what happened. Now, there's some debate about why he says that, but generally speaking, what he's trying to do is say, don't look just at the miracle, listen to my word. That's what's important. And yet, even though he says, don't do it, they go and do exactly what he says not to do. So we have to deal with people who will do these things, who, in, who mean well, but wind up doing exactly what God says not to do. And so we pray that God would <clears throat> strengthen us to be patient and compassionate and kind to people who are still willfully deaf and mute about God's word. We bear, we bear with them and we hear God's command in faith to pray and therefore hearing that command faithfully, we use our tongue, which has now been loosed, to pray for that person, to pray for those people, to pray for this world that is just crazy and insane. And in the face of this world, because of what we hear, we speak rightly about God. And we hold each other to a higher standard um, when we fall, and also we use our tongue to forgive when we say, I forgive you. You are forgiven. God's peace, God's peace be with you. That in all these things, God truly has done all things well. He even makes us who were once deaf to his word to hear what he has to say. And those who are mute to what he has to say to speak the truth in love to each other. And in all these things, um, And in all these things, the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus our Lord. Amen.